Speak of awards, yesterday at the Australian Open for Adrian Moronk and Ashley Buhai, it was a momentous achievement and awards handed out there as winners of the Australian Open Golf Tournament in Melbourne. Uh, the ladies and the men playing concurrently. Let's chat about that with Larry Canning. Thanks to Callaway's Raw Jaw Wedges, Pure Spin in its rawest form. Hello, Larry. G'day, Jacob. How are you, mate? You're on your own there. I am. Well, Wayne's on his way. Wayne just got back from Brisbane uh, pretty much at midnight, so we thought we'd give him uh, an easier okay. start to the day. So I have the pleasure of your company to chat golf. Uh, <laughs> Good on you, Jacob. Talk us, talk us through it. The Australian Open. Uh, now, we spoke to you on Friday. It's safe to say the leaderboard took a bit of a different complexion to how we thought it might have over the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't the um, the Australian superhero winning uh, weekend, was it? We didn't. It looked like we had Adam Scott and Hannah Green were about to hoist the uh, their respective trophies, but it didn't happen. Geez, um, a lot of support though for uh, for Adam Scott and Hannah during those uh, last the, the last two rounds. Um, fans were right on top of it, and, and and a great vibe, a great atmosphere, great tournament. Uh, I'm not sure about the format. I'm, I think it needs a bit of ironing out. There's some issues there, but. Um, all in all, I think the right people won, Jacob. But given given that last day where the wind really kicked up, and some of the rounds that were played, um, you know, some of the, some of the better players going backwards. But yeah, the, the two players that stood up at the end really deserved their their respective victories. Well, talk us through it. So, well, ladies first. We'll start with uh, with Ashley Buhai and uh, a really good performance, as you mentioned, because those westerly winds in Melbourne were very strong and and made uh, a short play pretty tough, but also uh, hitting the ball long as well with those winds around. Um, talk us through the conditions and Ashley Buhai's performance in in spite of those conditions. Just rock solid, Ashley Buhai. She can actually curve the ball, which is really unique um, in this day and age, for the, in particular the women, because they don't hit the ball quite as hard as the men. So they don't curve the ball quite as much if, if they need to. Um, but Ashley does. She, she's, a, she's, she's a bit of a throwback. Uh, fades and draws and, and played the win beautifully. Um, she she won the British Open as as you know uh, in July this year, so she definitely knows how to play in the wind, and it was it was really obvious. She she's a bit of a late bloomer, and and, and in fact so was Adrian Morel. Um, Ashley hadn't won a lot of stuff on the LPGA Tour until she won the British Open. It's it's been a bit of a breakthrough for her, and since then she's been playing beautifully. Um, I think she's got she's got to the to the peak of her game right now, and I think she'll play really well in the next few months when she gets back on the LPGA Tour. Um, nice person, too, a really nice lady, uh, and she has um, strong connections in Australia. She she, came, she played in Australia as a kid, um, a 13-year-old kid. She tells a story where she she was put on a plane at 13. She had family here in Australia, so she spent, uh, I don't know how many hours on a plane as a 13-year-old kid on her own, got off the plane, picked up by her other, her other family, and played in Jack Newton tournaments. In New South Wales, I think she might have even won a Jack Newton title at age 13. Um, so she has uh, a bit of an Australian connection with that. You can just see that she's a quality, classy player. Um, and I, as I said, I think she'll play well in America. Maybe not... Probably she's more suited to this type of golf course. Uh, and this, this golf course, Victoria golf course, was... Um, it, it's only... It, it's it's 6,700-odd yards for the men, Jacob. So it's one of the shortest courses I'll play all year. But it really has some, some bite to it. it, it, it all the, the surrounds of the greens were shaved to within an inch of their lives. So if you just got it a little bit wrong coming into the greens, the flags were tough. So if you went aggressive and went for the flag and missed it, it had rolled down some 30 or 40 metres either back down the front of the green or over the back of the green 
and leave you with an impossible chip shot. So it was a real precision. Um, it required total precision. Uh, it had to be really specific with the artist, but you also had to work out where to land the ball and how it was going to react. So, um, a, a, again, a real throwback. I'm, I'm talking about actually Buho's game. The golf course is a throwback uh, to you know, way back in the 80s when I was playing, when it was just ball precision and spin and, and not just brute force. Um, and you can see some of the, the players on, it, on the men's leaders board don't hit the ball very far at all. It gave them a chance to... to to perform on you know on a golf course that was set up so so I'm not going to say brutal but very tricky incredibly tricky uh, yeah, a great event great tournament um, Adrian Moronk uh, what a player I, I didn't realise how good this guy was Jack he can really play still he's, he's a he's a fantastic striker he is uh, just before we get to Adrian Moronk what happened to Grace Kim because it was a bit of a fall from Grace wasn't it. Uh, with the way that she played over the first couple of rounds to, to fall away on Sunday in the final round. What what happened with Grace Kim to surrender the lead and subsequently the tournament? It, it's it's that sort of day. It was that sort of day, Jacob. You could you could easily show Matt Jones shot seventy seven and, and didn't really play that badly. It was you just get just keep getting it a little bit wrong and you can turn sixty eight into into seventy five in a in a heartbeat. And I think Grace got that wrong. Um She's not. She, she's from Sydney. She obviously can play on on Melbourne side golf courses, but I'm not sure she has the sand belt knowledge that that the Hannah Greens and the Minji Lees have, um, who who play you know played a lot more in, in Victoria when they were amateurs. Um, Grace Kim will come back. She's she's a she's a superstar in the making. She's she's a work in progress. She's, she she'll kick off. She'll go to America next year and play a full season on the LPGA Tour, and she will feature for sure. Um, a, a minor setback, I'm going to say, Jacob. Larry Canning with us, golf expert on Sports Breakfast. Thanks to Callaway's Raw Draw Wedges, Pure Spin in its rawest form. So that's the ladies. As you mentioned, Adrian Moronk, he won by five strokes. So that's a significant win in terms of the margin between he and the, the closest compatriot, which was Adam Scott, who played a pretty good round but still was only able to finish in second. Um, as you mentioned, Adrian Moronk can play. He, he, he just took this aggressive mode um, from, from day one. And he did the same up in um, at Brisbane. It didn't quite work out for him up there as well as it did here. But uh, he just played aggressively the whole time, and it just it just worked. You know, it could have gone the other way. In fact, I asked him on, um, and then the in the, the post round interview, his his drive on the seventeenth. Now he got within Scotty got within um, two one shot of him playing fifteen. Scott played uh, really conservative. I fifteenth is a drivable par four, Jacob. And um, it, with these guys, were hitting three woods to it. I mean, Moronk hit a three wood. Minwoo Lee, who's in the same group, hit a, one of those utility irons, hit a low running hook and nearly got it on the front edge. Um, Scott decided to lay up. It was something like a seven iron. Way back, so he'd have a nice full pitch shot in, but in the left, left that short and made par. Moronk went the other way with a three wood in the greenside bunker, got, got it up and down and birdied. So, so there were two shots in it after that. Um, and then when they were playing 17, and 17 is a brutal hole. Um, you, it, it was downwind this day, so you didn't need the driver. The wrong kid, a driver, and it's the, the fairway is like 18 meters wide. Jacob, you could it, it could have been a disaster. You ripped it straight over the bunkers down, you, you know, within wedge of the green. Scott again took the iron um, for safety, and he actually hit it out of bounds. It was extraordinary. I haven't seen him in a shot that bad in my life. Uh, and, and made finish up making a double bogey, so that left Moronk um, with a three-shot lead playing 18. And, and as you know, he eagled that. 
you know, with, with the comfort of knowing all he had to do was make a par or even a six and he would have won. So, no, again, another driver off the tee, straight across over the hill, short iron in, and then makes an eagle. So he, he stuck to his guns. He, he's, he's got some got some grit. Um, this is a big win for him. I know he's he's won in Europe this year already. He won the Irish Open in July. So he, he's a winner, but, you know, to, to, to play these golf courses, maybe he doesn't know them well enough to to get nervous on them. Maybe, maybe his plan was, look, I, I haven't played this sort of golf course before. I'll just, I'll just take driver everywhere, and he pretty well did. Um, so, did, look, it worked out. Um, Adam Scott didn't have to hit it out of bounds with an iron on 17. It could have been closer. But, um, yeah, he stuck to his guns, gritty. Um, he's going to be, I think he's more a US Tour player, type player. I think you unleash him on America, how far he hits it in, the, in, the, in his shot making, and he'll make millions over there. I don't know what his plan is, but I, I assume every every player in his, his sort of level wants to play in America. Larry, um, the, the, the tournament itself, we spoke about it last week, we previewed it with you, we chatted after the opening round, the men's and the women's uh, tournaments being played concurrently, and two cuts, so there was the cut after 36, and then there was another cut after 54, that's where Cam Smith's year and tournament ended. What was the feedback to that, with the two cuts after round two and, and round three? Wasn't great, Jacob, I think that needs to be ironed out, I think that's an issue. Um, I don't think we'll, we'll see this next year. I don't think we'll see the men and women playing in Australian Open. I think for, for a couple of reasons, and I believe that's one of them. I believe that 30 players only playing on the weekend leaves 31st, um, who could be within four or five, six of the lead. Not well, it wouldn't be four; it'd be six or seven of the lead. Uh, they're not playing. They don't. They don't get a, a chance to improve their position and even win. Um, we've got a couple of guys that barely made the cut that finished in the top four and five. So, um, you know, they, they were on the line. Alejandro Canizares was on the on the cut line and finished fourth. Um, Maddie Miller also, an Aussie on the cut line and finished sixth. So I think there's an indication there that they have to fix that. I, that can't work. Uh, and the other reason why I don't think it'll continue is that the women, uh, the, their LPGA Tour... Um, doesn't it, it winds down this time of the year, so there's nothing. So they used to come to Australia and play in January, February, Jacob, and then they'd go to Asia and play a couple of LPGA. When I say LPGA, that's the US PGA Tour, women's tour. They they, they kind of play Australia, Asia, Asia, and then go back to the West Coast of America. So it kind of worked, but this doesn't. And that's why we had we had a really good field in terms of the top 10, it was quite weak after that in terms of field. So they did only 108 players entered for it. Um, so yeah, I can't see it being. Um, it was a good experiment and it, and it worked nicely. But I think for those two reasons, it's not going to continue in its current form. Yeah, no doubt there'll be some uh, reviewing of the tournament uh, before it comes around again next year. Larry, really appreciate your time as always chatting golf uh, here with us on Sport FM. And I'm sure we'll hear you uh, again on Sport FM throughout the remainder of the year. Tappy always drags you in for the golf guys. And if not, we'll happily chat to you here on Sports Breakfast. Thanks again. Good on you, Jacob. Cheers, mate. Larry Canning joining us this morning. Golf expert. Thanks to Callaway's Raw Jaw Wedges. Pure spin in its rawest form.